Hello and welcome to Plotris. This is Lane. This is Meg. And today we're reviewing Love on the Brain by Ali Hazelwood. This was published in 2022 and is the second in the Steminist or the Love Hypothesis series. I'm not sure what the series is called. It's, but it's not a series. I looked it up. She's it considering them all standalones. I'm serious. I looked at the Goodreads. She's considering right. them all standalones. Well, it's the follow-up to The Love Hypothesis, which was published in 2021. How's that? Perfect. Um, there's no, like, characters that reappear? No. It's just that they're all about, like, people in STEM getting it on. Yes. Uh, full disclosure, we did re- receive a complimentary copy of the Advanced Reader Edition for our review. That's right. Should I read the book jacket, Lane? Is there anything yes. you want to talk about before we get into the book jacket? I think we have to start with the jacket. We're going to have a lot to say, you guys, and a lot of it's not going to be super literary. So just uh-huh. fair warning. And also, uh, we're going to try to pronounce her last name, but I make oh. no promises. I'm going to try. Okay, let me start. Because I, I think I know how to pronounce it. Okay. Okay. B. Koenigsfasse lives by a simple code. What would Marie Curie do? If NASA offered her the lead on a neuroengineering project, a literal dream come true, Marie would accept without hesitation. Duh. But the mother of modern physics never had to co-lead with Levi Ward. Sure. Levi is attractive in a tall, dark, and piercing eyes kind of way. But Levi made his feelings toward B very clear in grad school. Arch enemies work best employed in their own galaxies far, far away. So when her equipment starts to go missing and the staff ignore her, B could swear she sees Levi softening into an ally, backing her plays, seconding her ideas, devouring her with those eyes. The possibilities have all her neurons firing. But when it comes time to actually make a move and put her heart on the line, there's only one question that matters. What will B. Koningswasser do? (laughs) (sighs) I mean, I think we all know what B. Koningswasser is going to do. Way to show off, Meg. Some guy, some person who actually speaks German is going to be like, oh my God, Meg thinks she's so hot, such hot shit. <laughs> I see those eyeballs over the O and my brain short circuits. Well, I just think about it because on a passport, it goes to OE. Yes. So, brain. I don't know. Uh, okay. Anyway. <laughs> Meg anyway. teaches Lane to pronounce German names. Uh, as, <laughs> <just> speak German. <laughs> as oh. usual, we generated a random number and then wrote our own summaries using that number as a word count. And this episode, that number is 35. I'll start. B gets her dream gig, except she's working with a guy who hated her in grad school. He loved her. And they've secretly been online best friends for a while. So much boredom and annoyance. (laughs) Here's mine. It hits a lot of the same points. Your grad school nemesis is now kind of your boss. And even though he says he never hated you, you know he did. 
Thank goodness you now have support in the form of your anonymous Twitter buddy. Yes. He's sort of her boss. So they're co-leads on a project at NASA. And he's a NASA employee. And she's an NIH fellow brought in. Mm -hmm. And so they're hypothetically supposed to be sharing responsibility. But he clearly is the one expected to sign off on everything. And yeah. like, I mean, he does. He does have to sign off on everything. Like he, like I get it. He's not actually her boss, but he's has the final say on a lot of things. Yeah, and I think it's funny for a book that engaged so heavily with sexism in the sciences that wasn't really delved into. Mm -hmm. That like the whole point of this is they're supposed to share responsibility, and she calls him out on that in like dealing with like employee interpersonal issues, but and mm -hmm. like even like project issues, but not in the wider sense of they're supposed to be equally responsible, but he's the signatory on everything. Mm -hmm. Which I thought was interesting. Alrighty. Um, so tropes, this is obviously like a modern rom-com. So a lot of the historical tropes we engage with aren't super present, um, mm -hmm. but this is like enemies to lovers, the one-sided version where one of them thinks they hate each other and the other was in love with them all along. Yes. Uh, so, I mean, that's the next trope, which is it's always been you. Yep. Um, and he has been so it's always been you that he's been celibate since he met her yeah. seven years ago when she was in a relationship with someone else. Yep. Um, he is super tall and she's super short. Or um, as I have put it, he's a giant and she's a fairy. Yeah, he's 6'4 and she's like five foot. Mm -hmm. This one and, overall had a lot of like references to the hating game for me. Interesting. I I mean, I felt like it was very self-referential, as in there was a ton of stuff that was similar to the love hypothesis. I agree with that, but just like the tall dude, short chick with a very distinctive look, mm -hmm. the she's thought he's hated her all along, but it's all been secret signs of his love. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I see Celibate that. Since he met her, dumped a girl for her the second he met her. Now that you bring it up, yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, the, the overall setup felt very reminiscent of the hating game for me. Yeah. All right, here's oh, this one. Is a, sorry, this is a workplace romance. Should have started there. Workplace romance. Here's also one that is actually kind of a historical romance trope. Is yes. that the, the villain is very villainous, and you, you can't just be a villain. You have to be like a treasonous villain, and um, that appears here. Yeah, but this book doesn't seem to fully engage with the fact that he committed treason. Yeah. Well, we'll get into yeah, that. we're that's one. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about that more later. <laughs> um, they are unknowing Penn's Twitter pals. So this is, mm. has elements of an epistolary romance, except they are explicitly not falling in love online. Yeah, it's so kind, they're, of, kind of like a you've got mail situation. Right, but they're just forming a friendship in mm -hmm. their chats. They're not developing feelings for each other. Right. Um, oh, that's right. Sometimes he sees her in a dress. And the dress was the point of one of their major conflicts in grad school. But of yeah. course she packed it. That was one of the moments. So one of the, the crux of this book is she's convinced he hated her because of the way he treated her in grad school. But he treated her the way he did in grad school because he was in love with her. 
So yeah. she's convinced he like walked out of a lecture because she looked so hideous in a particular dress. And there's a lot of his behavior that I understand why she interpreted aggressively. Yeah. But the stuff specifically centered around her appearance made no sense. No, I agree. So uh, that was one of the flaws in this, like, that could have been cute misunderstanding book. It's like, okay, girl, you can't believe he thinks you're so hideous. He stormed out of a room. (laughs) I know that's what, well, okay, we'll talk about that later. She's a sad, tragic orphan. Um, her parents died in an automobile accident when she was a child, leaving her, she was like only four, mm-hmm. leaving her and her sister as orphans being shuttled from family member to family member, um, which in a romance novel of the historical variety would have been treated like poor, impoverished girls not given a proper upbringing. Mm-hmm. But in a modern context is poor, tra- sad, tragic orphans who were given a, like, mm-hmm continental and transcontinental upbringing with all of these Mm -hmm. cool experiences and languages yeah let's see what else um oh he has daddy issues in a toxic family of origin which i think everyone has to have these days yep um and everything in their past is a misunderstanding or things she misoverheard um, so all the reasons that she thought he hated her get fleshed out and are in fact inaccurate. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about this book. I want to start by saying that if you really liked the love hypothesis, you will probably really like this book because they are very, very similar. Yeah. Um, how are they similar? It's not fake dating. But it's, it's basically a romance. It, it engages with these specific romance tropes that we just went over in a science setting. Yep. It's told completely from her perspective. Which I think this book suffered for a lot more than Love Hypothesis did. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as we said before, there's... There's this giant guy, small girl thing going on. Um, there's also this thing going on where the man is further along in his career than the woman is. Yep. And that's something I want to engage with a little further later, but I just want to mention that because it is so similar to the love hypothesis. Um, there is a betrayal of a best friend. Mm-hmm. There is a lot that is very so, similar. You are a lot right. Very similar. Yeah. So I just want to mention that. Alrighty. So overall quality of this book. Um, I think one of the things we just need to disclaim from the very beginning, uh, as Meg and I have both talked about on the podcast, we live in the DC metro area, mm-hmm. work in the DC metro area, and as such are pretty exposed to government and its functions. Mm-hmm. Um, and we talked about in the love hypothesis that we've both worked in and around scientific funding in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, so this book and a lot of the things it references are pretty close to home for us literally literally we have a lot of things we quibble with because they're really inaccurate about the way some of the government stuff functions so just a heads up that like we are coming at this from a place of probably more knowledge than the average person reading this book Mm -hmm. um so you might not quibble over some of the things we do yeah i mean one of the things that it it didn't like make me angry 
but it did make me think. So here's the thing. Like when you get small things wrong, it makes you wonder what big things you get wrong in the book. Does that make sense? And so when she says things like, so she goes to Texas, the book takes place in Texas. She takes a plane to Texas. She gets off the plane and she's like, wow, it's really hot here. There's still snow on the ground back in Maryland. And I was like, that doesn't really happen unless you live in like Western Maryland in the mountains. She does not. She lives in the DC area. Um, You don't, you can't just say there's snow on the ground. Like you, you cannot say that that doesn't happen. And it turns out that at the latest, the very latest that was in like the very end of March, like March 30th or April 1st. You mean the earliest? Yes. It's definitely, Um, at the absolute earliest, it's still spring, not winter. Correct. That's what you're trying to say, that, like, it, the absolute earliest this could have happened is still not a month where D.C. gets much snow, and certainly not sufficient snow that there would still be snow on the ground when it was not actively snowing. Right. I mean, there's almost never snow on the ground in D.C. I'll just I mean... If there was a real fucking blizzard, maybe for a week. Yeah. I just feel like when you use the phrase snow on the ground, it It implies implies a place where snow is around. Yeah. Like northern Ohio or. Right. Snow in D.C. falls and melts before the next time it snows. There's not a like consistent coating of snow through the winter. Yeah. Otherwise, we we actually like it's a nor'easter. We're like, whoa, this is some crazy stuff. And everything shuts down for like two weeks. Yeah, it's not something you would casually mention about this region. It's not that far north. Yeah, so just like little things like that. To someone who is familiar with the area here, it, it's very jarring. And you're like, what? So then I'm sure all the facts about Marie Curie were correct. But it did make me think, well, did she really look that up? You know what I mean? She right. can't bother to look up when the snow is on the ground in D.C. Well, especially when you have a character in the form of B's assistant who intentionally spreads misinformation. Mm -hmm. it's like there is a lot of I don't know what I was supposed to have learned from this book because I don't trust any of the facts that were in it like not that this is meant to be a nonfiction. like I'm not meant to learn something but I agree with you that there was a lot that lent doubt to the credibility of the accuracy here yeah well and I think that's a real shame because the book does try to engage with things like um how women in science are treated or like the SAT scores, are they important to getting into school? Things like that, that are like current issues that are very important and like part of the conversation right now about science and about academia. And I think it's a shame that that gets mixed in with things that are maybe not correct. That's all. Yes. That said, um, my first criticism of the book is too much science, very boring. I think (laughs) that they go through and hash out that the author hashes out all of their drama from their grad school days in the beginning of the book. And then she goes to Texas and then there's a whole bunch of issues getting her workstation set up mm-hmm. while they kind of quibble basically. Mm-hmm. And that is like the first 50% of the book. Mm-hmm. A lot of that stuff could have been trimmed and still had the same effect. Like it was all redundant and like, the reader didn't need it. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't feel quite as annoyed or bored by the book as Lane. I think it's 
then I didn't have a problem reading it. Um, I, I finished it probably in two days. I finished it very quickly. I mean, I finished it in a night because I just skimmed through all of the parts where they weren't communicating. Oh, well, I mean, if you're going to skim through that, that's a lot. <laughs> but I mean, like, and I don't mean like they weren't communicating effectively after they started talking. I mean, literally the part where they were effectively not speaking to each other. Right. They weren't talking to each other. They weren't. You're right. You're totally correct. Like they were not. There, there was a lot of the book. Yeah. And some of it was they, like, super, yeah. like, so she's emailing him and he's not emailing her back because there's an email server problem. But literally the first half of the book is she thinks he is basically like giving her the silent treatment. Mm -hmm. That was too long. That's, I mean, that's a fair criticism. It was too, this book took too long to really get going. Yeah. So she's at NIH, as we've mentioned, they knew each other in grad school and she did not follow the path that she had set out for herself post grad school because mm -hmm. uh, her fiance and best friend, both of whom were in her program with her had an affair and it led mm -hmm. to the termination of her relationship with both of them. And she was like, I can't keep working with these people. I've got to like find my mm -hmm. own way that doesn't involve them. Even if it is doing lesser science in lesser renowned institutions mm -hmm. before finally making her way to NIH. And he like knows the work she's been doing and knows why she is so perfectly equipped to join this project. He is not blinded by his infatuation with her. She is a damn good scientist, which I really liked, but he somehow knows all of the work she's been doing, but doesn't know that she didn't go to Vanderbilt or that she didn't get married. Well, he knows that she didn't go to Vanderbilt. She tells him. Yeah. He didn't know. He just knows she ended up at NIH. He didn't know, like, how she got there. Well, I thought he was surprised that she hadn't gone to Vanderbilt, is what I thought. Either way. Like, there's a lot. He's clearly very up on her career, but miss mm -hmm. and, like, they're probably LinkedIn people. Like, their graduate advisor, who they're both best friends with, definitely knows she didn't get married, and he clearly still talks to her. I just found it very, very unbelievable in a world as small as these particular areas of scientific research that yeah. he wouldn't be aware that she didn't get married years ago. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. Cause like thinking about my field, which is smallish, probably not, probably larger than this field. I think I do know when people got married and stuff like that. It's especially someone you were obsessed with. <laughs> I mean, Luckily for my husband, there was no one in my field that I was obsessed with. <laughs> but if you'd been obsessed with someone, there is no way you could have avoided knowing everything about their personal life. Yeah, I mean, unless you're specifically avoiding it on purpose, which is, that's how I took it. It's never written. It's never explicitly made, you know, it's never made, it is never made explicit. But you still know that he's, the, the person you think is her husband and she have been in completely disparate geographic regions. Even just yeah. based on the type of research you do. I'm just saying. Yeah, I, I found that a little bit of a stretch. I mean, yes, but I didn't find it more of a stretch than a lot of other things that happened in this book. <laughs> That's fair. Um, okay. I think this book would have been a lot better to me, in my opinion, if he'd gotten a point of view. Yeah. So, like, she has a very... 
negative view of all the interactions they've had before this book starts. Mm-hmm. And he's conceived of her, we find out in the text, as like the girl of his dreams, manic pixie dream girl, perfect, whatever. And I think this book would have felt a little less shallow Mm-hmm. if you'd been in his perspective and had to read him grappling with the fact that she's a real person, not just a fantasy. Yeah. That's actually really interesting. And like, like, yeah. Yeah. And also like you say, there's this whole part of the book where they're not communicating with each other because they're, she thinks he's giving her the silent treatment. He could be feeling the same way. because He's not getting emails from right. her, you know? And I think you're right that if it had been, it would have been cut down if we had seen it from both perspectives. I think you're right on that. But, right. If you're going to leave it 50% long, give me alternating perspectives. So at least yeah. I like feel like I'm in both people's heads. Yeah. But I really did feel like the final confrontation between the two of them before the resolution mm-hmm. lacked gravitas and depth mm-hmm. because it was just him basically telling her how she should feel and the fact that he was right doesn't change the fact that I don't feel like he ever truly, like, he was obsessed with her. Mm-hmm. I don't think I ever bought that he was in love with her. Mm. I mean, even when he was obsessed with her and they were in the same grad program, they did not speak. Right. This crossed a line. Like, usually I'm here for, from the moment I met you, I knew you were the one and I haven't been able to touch another woman since. Uh-huh. I, it was actually too creepy for me here. Yeah, it was a long, long time. He really didn't know her at all. Yeah. So there's a lot of miscommunication and stuff, which I don't love and was a little bored by. Also because he's being completely open and honest with her and telling her the truth. And she's still not believing him. So we're at the point where it's not just... I'm like, one conversation can solve this. He tried to solve it with his words and his conversation, and she did not let him. (laughs) Yeah, so basically, overview of the conflict. She gets this grant, finds out he's, and gets this position, finds out he's her co, freaks the fuck out, gets to Houston, nothing is ready for her, and there's clearly internal political bullshit affecting the project. He's on her side, but isn't effective at communicating to her. They get the project moving. They start working on it. And it becomes clear that, like, there is a rogue agent trying to sabotage their work. While this is going on, they're working on developing this prototype. They find out there's a competitor out there working on a similar project at the same time. And in the process of their scientific discoveries, they start discovering each other's bodies. That's sort of the lay of the land. Yeah. Overall, I thought there were a lot of missed opportunities for depth. Mm-hmm. I feel like this book was really, like, in a lot of ways, her coming-of-age tale. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, it was first and foremost a romance, but you definitely know her a lot better. He's effectively a prop. Yeah. Um, but they there are some side characters. Um, both of them have very rich exterior lives. Mm-hmm. I will give Allie Hazelwood credit there. Uh, she's got a sister who is, like, her best friend in the world who she rarely sees. She's mm-hmm. got this drama from her history which, with these grad school friends and clearly the isolation of not having them anymore is really impacting her. Um, she has a whole slew of colleagues at NIH who aren't necessarily friends, but clearly impact her. Mm-hmm. He has all of his parental and sibling drama, as we've discussed. 
a dead best friend whose wife he is now like helping to support. Um, so there's, there's a lot of depth there with their exterior selves. Um, they also both have assistants Mm -hmm. who are really into each other, apparently, which is originally Master's hatred trying to draw an obvious parallel between our protagonists Mm -hmm. and they end up fucking on a desk at work. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's like, treated like this joke. Yeah. And it, it would not be. <laughs> no, it would not be. It like, would be. And also, look, I don't want to be like total asshole, but like you're in a federal building. There are probably cameras everywhere. And security guards everywhere. Everywhere, guys. Like they know where you go. You their badges. You badge into places. I th- I actually, there were things, one of the few things I thought this book got right about the Fed and scientific research is how shitty all the buildings are. Yes. Like, I totally believe a cat could be getting in rogue. Oh, like, a cat. Sure. Yes. Like, that's what I'm saying. So, like, on the one hand, I don't want to, like, make it sound like I'm some defender of the perfection of federal facilities. No. There no, no, is. No, 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 no. But a cat? Yeah, absolutely. A person? Oh, hell no. I was going to say, animals? Whatever, but they track people like a lot. Well, and like every keystroke you make on your keyboard. Right. Right. Thank you. It's it's not believable at all that these people would one have sex and not be caught in the act. And two, that it would just be like a joking slap on the wrist. Yeah. Okay. I want to be clear that I there were some things that I really, really liked about this book. Mm-hmm. I really, really liked their Twitter lives. I thought it yes. was, I thought it was really fun. So she has this Twitter persona that's, you know, feminist in science, basically woman in science. And he is also on Twitter and they're kind of like online BFFs, but they don't know each other. Like they haven't, mm-hmm. she's not like, Hey, I'm B. Koenigsfessa. I'm a neuroscientists and he's you know like they don't know who the other one is and I really liked that especially as someone who is a lot semi-anonymous semi-anonymously online on like bookstagram talking to book people about books you know yeah I it felt like it could really happen and I really enjoyed it I thought it was really fun like you can form these really close relationships with people you really don't know I agree I do think the conflict with their online personas at the end was a little uh, much. anticlimactic yeah. and a little much. Yeah, I agree. But I, I liked, I liked that it existed. Yes, right? I agree. And then I also enjoyed the villain quite a bit because to me, he was almost like bond villain, villain. He was such an over-the-top, horrible villain with, like, the stupidest motivation. Yep. He wasn't... Okay, and then, like, yes, in the first book, we had the villain as um, a sexual harasser, right? Right. And I just have to say I really liked that she didn't go... For a book that did go back to a lot of the same source material as The Love Hypothesis, that she didn't go back to that and that it was over the top. I really enjoyed that part, to be completely honest. No, I, I thought that was great. 
up till the and this is how the villain god has come up is. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk about it or not? Well, do you want to talk about her spooning first? I mean, I can. She has a disorder or a yeah. condition where she just faints a lot. Like when right. she's so surprised. a lot of a lot of different things that cause her blood pressure to like lower. Yeah. So standing up too quickly, being in elevators, but also like seeing something that surprises her and sort of makes her heart skip a beat um, can cause her to pass out. Yeah. And I mean, it, I guess it was kind of a quirky thing, but I just have to say I have read historical romances with a lot less swooning than this book. Yeah. He does a lot of carrying her to safety. Yeah. Again, moments that show closeness before closeness exists and she's unconscious for them. So maybe his POV might've been valuable. Would have been nice. Also, if he had been like, Oh yeah, I remember she has this condition. Yeah. You know? Anyway. All righty. So the big bad is a federal employee. He works for NASA in I mean, space. spoiler, spoiler tag, I guess. Well, you know, it's someone at NASA. Yeah. To have access to everything. He's a NASA employee. And as Meg said, his motivations are ambiguous in a great and really fun way. But he's clearly been sabotaging a federal project with access to state secrets because he's on all these servers with highly sensitive and classified information. And there's a competitor in the private sector, which it sort of implied is receiving foreign funding. Mm-hmm. working on a similar project and it's implied he's sharing the data with them. This isn't just like slap on the wrist. This is fucking treason. Mm-hmm. Like there'd be full scale investigations. The fact that her sister sees on the news the next day mm-hmm. that this guy has been arrested in all of his crimes. It was like, Oh yeah, of course he's getting fired was sort of the extent of it and posted within 24 hours. Like I can mm-hmm. assure you that would not be how this was handled. Mm-mm. be an investigation and there'd be like they might even set up a sting to try to catch him mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like the decision like i'm just saying it's this is not the sort of thing that would get out in real time no what got me was she's obviously like very liberal and like very progressive and very supportive of women in the sciences and in general science policy and progressive policies and stuff like that and yet at the end of the book she decides I think we want to live in Texas where she literally got threatened by a gun. And the guy was like, I'm in Texas. I can get a gun anywhere I want. Number one. And number two, he's like, the reason we should stay here is because my school is in a good school district. And I was like, um, have you ever looked at the schools in Bethesda? Because they're really fucking good. Yeah. Look, I don't know. Maybe the specific school district that's like around the NASA base in Houston is really good, especially in STEM. Like, maybe. I took a little bit of umbrage, though, at the idea that NIH was this bureaucratic place where sexual harassment ran rampant and NASA is like this progressive bastion. Like, like the old boys club culture in the sciences is still present at every institution that works in the sciences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that was the thing is I was like, yeah. And I, I realize that I'm, like, fighting on behalf of Maryland, right? Right. <laughs> because I live here, and I understand that I'm very partial to it, and, like, I have chosen to live here for many reasons. But, I mean, it's because I have made that choice to be here. I think. Right. 
Uh, and raise a child in those school systems. And right. like, yeah. I, I just want to talk very briefly about this kind of interesting thing that I think is happening in these books in general that has to do really more with the conception of masculinity and romance. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the effect that that, like the trickle down effect that it has on the specific romances. Right. Uh, so because when we read a romance novel, we're almost invariably looking at an older man, probably five years older than the woman yep. in this heterosexual relationship, which I think should be challenged more in romance novels. And when it is, it's almost always an age gap where the dude is 10 to 20 years older mm-hmm. than the love interest and almost never where the woman is five to 10 years older than the man. Right. Anyway, because of that, because the man is expected to be at least five years older than the woman in books like these specifically that take place in the academic milieu, it means that he is further along in his career than she is. Right. So either he's an established professor as in the love hypothesis or he's been in the federal government. He like went through astronaut training or whatever. Right. Right. And she's just a, she's just a fellow, like a first or second year fellow. Right. Because she just got her PhD and he got his PhD five years ago, you know, in the sciences, that's a big period of time where you can do more Mm -hmm. publishing, right? Right. Research. And so I think it just happens to be because of this intersection of what we expect in a romance and trying to make it work in this field that it ends up being a little bit squicky in terms of the power differential within the couple. And this book engages with the power differential that happens between men and women in the sciences. But I agree with you that, and this is what I was saying, like the fact that he is assumed to be the point person, even though they're Mm co-leads, I think had something to do with the fact that he was a man, but something to do with the fact that he was a NASA employee five or so years beyond in his career and firmly established. And the book is very frank about the fact that she's, behind quote-unquote where she could be because of the personal choices she had to make that impacted her career right exactly so I I just want to point that out it's not necessarily something that's offensive but it's something that is sticking out to me more as I read books like this set in an academic setting not I'm I'm not just trying to call it Allie Hazelwood I've read it in other books as well I just think it's you know, I feel like it in some ways it perpetuates the idea that the woman, that women have to be exceptional to be on par with men. Mm-hmm. And it's partially simply because these men have been in the field longer. That's all. I think that's a valid point. All right. Uh, sexiness. So the sexiness happens way late. It does. Because of all the time they spend not communicating at all. Mm-hmm. And then all the time he spends thinking she's married. <laughs> and she thinks he's married too. Because he has a, a cat. <laughs> that's resolved long before her marital status. Yes, but I still, I always think that's so funny. Um, and so 
there's this one it's funny to add a little bit of heat before it makes sense in the plot she has him send like this one sexy twitter message mm-hmm. and it's funny because you see a lot of the things he put in that twitter message they end up like sort of enacting later mm-hmm. and then she points that out and hits you over the head with it but i felt like the potential for sexiness was a lot higher than the actual sexiness does that make sense I I do. I do. I I will say in comparison with the love hypothesis, this was sexier, both in sexual tension and in sexual payoff. I think one again, you're not in his head, you're in hers. Mm-hmm. And I do think the like building heat between them came on late for her. Mm-hmm. So there's not a whole lot of us in the early book. Mm-hmm. And then while the things that happened were explicit and you knew where everybody's body parts were, which I appreciated, I just, I don't know what the right way to phrase this is. I feel like it was a little bit more factual. Hmm. Like, yes, I knew that he was inside of her in that moment, but I didn't know how she really felt about that I don't know Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I felt like it was a lot maybe a little too expository and a little less like relationship developing yeah I did not I didn't have that issue I thought it was very sexy I thought it was when they got down to it I thought it was sexy I was disappointed like Mm -hmm. I thought it was sexy but I felt like I read that initial tweet he sent as like a to-do list oh yeah and then I felt like when it actually happened, I was like, I expected this to be a little dirtier. I'm not going to lie. I mean, it would have been really funny if she figured out who he was on the Twitter account because he did what he wrote in the tweet, in the DM. That would have been kind of um, sexy. Yes, it would have. I'll just say that. Anyway, I, I look, I, I, think, I think I liked the book more than you did. And I am interested to see if she's ever going to write something that's a little bit gets up, that's still in the science thing. Cause I, you know, I think each author gets to have her, her, his or her shtick. And I want to do like feminist things that that'll be really, really interesting if she can move out a little mm-hmm. bit and maybe start mm-hmm. breaking the mold a little bit. I, I think you are absolutely right to identify that there is, a lot of consistency between these two books. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see. We will. We will definitely see. I. I don't know. I. I get it. She probably wrote these books pretty quickly. I think the first one succeeded for me mostly because it was kind of a novel thing. It was like let's take these tropes, these romance tropes, and put them in this setting that's new. This book does the exact same thing, but it's no longer new, right? Right. So I'm like, okay, I want something newer. I need something newer. Um, I think where she does succeed is in giving you this view of scientists that they're like, okay, scientists are just people, just like us. Did we really need that? I don't know. I liked it. I think some people need it. Yeah, I mean, I don't... Look, being completely frank, the rom-com style contemporary romance is very rarely my thing. 
Mm-hmm. So I am probably not the person who should be rating or reviewing like mm-hmm. books like this because it takes for them to be extremely exceptional for them to be my cup of tea. Right. Um, I, I think Allie Hazelwood is doing something cool and innovative. Yeah. I think this does have a lot of heat. Um, I think it's pretty representative of where the contemporary rom-com yeah. genre is at right now. So if that's your bag, you're probably going to like this. Yep. I and would rather read about people in corsets. Yeah. <laughs> They're swooning because of lack of air, not because they have a condition. Exactly. <laughs> also, I know you all knew this was coming. I do not ever want to read about anal glands in a book ever again. Oh, don't. Yeah. Mm-mm. That was wholly unnecessary and very upsetting to me personally. Don't worry, guys. This is not sexual. Even if it were, it wouldn't be. <laughs> I mean, yes, but I'm just letting people know who they're like. I don't know. Anyway. It's, a, it's a cat's butt, but still, butt. I was upset. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. If you're enjoying the podcast, please rate, review, subscribe, and check us out wherever you can find Plotris. You wrote the ideas were hot, but the execution fell short. And I thought you wrote the ideas were hot, but the erection fell short. And I was like, I don't remember that part of the book. No, the erection was very long. Um, We didn't even mention the fact that he's got the world's biggest dick. I mean, just like the first book. FYI. I'll stick that in there. (laughs) That's what she said.